0: Hello and welcome, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, I think I've done this shtick last week so I'll shut up now. (laughs) Welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Today we'll be talking about Timo Werner, how good is he, where is he going to end up? Well, to be honest, the breaking news since we recorded this suggests we might already know the answer to that question, but fuck it, not a lot we can do now. We'll also be looking into the idea that Steven Gerrard's failed move to Chelsea in 2005 cost England the World Cup in 2006. Controversial, I know. I'm your host, Harry Brent. Timo. Um, Timo. So yeah, Timo Werner. He's been in the news. You guys, you guys have heard of him, right? German. Yes. <laughs> German guy. Scores a lot of goals. Um. Seemed like he was going to Liverpool for a while, for a while, but the latest reports are that um, that seems to have collapsed, but who knows, because who knows what's going on these days. Where is he Where's he going? How good is he? Where would he fit best? Why does he look like his face is pressed into about 5% of the central part of his face? He's has been But it's all just cropped
1: his face. Yeah, it's
0: someone someone's messed around with Photoshop and it's all going into the middle. But... Um, He's sure got a
2: he, constant filter
0: on. Yeah, I'm sure he gets all the German babes, so it's not a problem.
2: I've not seen a lot of him, but what I have seen, he he seems like a similar type of player to Jamie Vardy. Mm. In the sense of, um, on the the shoulder of the last defender, likes to use his pace to get him behind. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm on the... I'm on the hype.
0: On the, on the team, I, yeah, I,
2: I'm not on the high. I don't know. I just, I look at I think, you're good, but I'm not blown away by my I don't think yeah. he would necessarily add anything to the Liverpool squad, apart from maybe depth, which obviously every team needs, but he's not getting mm. ahead of any of the front three. Um, I can't see him. I feel, him like if you compare
1: time. him. Sorry, go
2: on, carry on. No, I was just saying, I can't see him, in, I don't see him in Barcelona. I don't see him at Madrid. I feel there are other quality players ahead of him.
0: Mm.
2: Maybe Bayern. I don't know. That's. I think he
0: said he wouldn't go there, but who knows? I mean, they is, probably, they are they are probably
2: who knows? That, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not blown away by him.
0: I I agree. I, I'm similar boat to you guys. I I've, I'm not. He's 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 obviously demonstrated. He's got a lot of mm. a lot of ability, but I've never I, again. I've never been particularly blown away blown away by by the stuff he does. Seeing him in the Champions League and stuff. Um, you know he gets a lot of gets a lot of goals, but and he's got a lot, a lot of a lot of domestic goals and stuff. I I was really conf- I've so for, for a long time been confused as to why Liverpool want him so bad. Again, because of that thing that surely they're selling somebody then because certainly the good. the hype around him he's not going to come in to be on the bench. Mm. Um, I don't think he's as good as the other, as their front three, mm. but 100%. but surely he's not going to agree to being on the bench. In which case, is he a squad player? Mm. And plus, where would he fit? He's not a he's not a he doesn't, not going to replace Firmino. He doesn't do Firmino's right. role. He's certainly not got the sort of ability to beat people that Mane and Salah have. So I was always a bit confused by that. He though. seems
2: like you know how we're talking about um, quality players can pretty much adapt to any system. He yeah. seems like a type of player that can only play in a certain type of system.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I
2: don't feel that any of the top teams would play in a system that suits him. Arsenal. Awesome.
1: I was about say, I think Arsenal would, might, might be the only... <laughs> if is, yeah, then, then again, you've got sit and you've got Bamiang, you don't need him. But, for right?
2: but then also, is Martinelli a forward? Are they? Is he going to be a forward?
0: Possibly, so, you've got another time. time. Could be it, starting that. Yeah.
2: I, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I just look at my thing. Yeah, you, you score goals, you've, you've got pace, but what sort of extra do you have? What mm. extra something... Extra? Can you bring that special? I mean, for me, for me personally, I think a lot of this
1: hype just like come out of nowhere. In comparison to, obviously, you guys know how I feel about Haaland um, Yeah. I feel like Haaland is a more approachable player for clubs than uh, the, the the team of Werner. I just, like, I just, I don't understand where all this types come from. Like, he's just having a good
2: season. His
0: his numbers are impressive. To be fair to him, like he's, you know, I think he's got, he's got over thirty goals this year, and it's not even finished yeah. yet.
2: Would you um, take him at Chelsea? House.
0: It's really difficult. I, I probably would because because of the state of where we are, and I, I don't have high hopes for Abraham. I don't really think he's the long term solution. I think he's fine to be our striker at the moment, but I don't really think he's got what it takes
2: to once you've settled as a club
0: yeah I don't really see I I don't really see Werner as as being a lot better than that but but I can sort of I could sort of see I could see them two playing in it playing in a two again we've Mm. not really played that system but Lampard's played about five systems this year so we could could find one um I think he'd be in terms of in terms of where we are and in terms of where where we'd want to be. I think he could be quite a because we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to get the your your Mbappe's or your um, or even your Harlands at this rate. Um, in terms of in terms start. of people who are wanted by everybody, I, I'm still a bit skeptical on Haaland and not putting you in the same bracket as Mbappe. But I'm saying in terms of the buying buying him from under the noses of other clubs we're not going to be able to do that but i think he's somebody that we could get have have as our sort of center forward for a couple of years and as we build hopefully build ourselves back up into a into a better club but but again similar sort of worries i don't really see where he fits unless we play a a um like a sort of second striker next to him you know mm. he's not a, he's not a winger mm. um so I, yeah I, I mean is he like a Rashford like an inside forward? Or? Yeah, that's I mean that's the closest I can sort of f- sort of come to it. And you know he he's obviously he has got pace, but he's not is that sort of pace in behind as opposed to the pace to beat somebody? Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't know how often that's gonna happen yeah. in, in the system that we play.
2: I think you're right. I think he's definitely a two up top type striker. Like I feel mm. like if you would have had like Lukaku, I think he would be a perfect partner for him. That sort of little, little yeah. Match. Combination mm. would have been great. I mean, I guess Tummy, you could do that with Tammy as
0: well, but you mm. might be. A, uh, I mean, you see the way that obviously Man City operate with one little striker, and, and it kind of works. I guess just because of the system that they play, and everybody is able yeah. to to so, like,
2: Aguero replacement. Yeah, and then um, might like Jesus.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's uh, I that I would be. The one I think the past,
1: Jesus should but... be the one. He's been there long enough. I think he's kind of. Installed the dream that once Aguero goes, he's going to be the the main man and you can tell he's like from when we first caught him, he's matured so much of the player, and he's more tactically aware. Because when he first got there, he was so you know flashy, like look at me, I could do this, blah blah. Like you mm. can tell he had all that excitement, but he wasn't playing the system, and you know he got punished a few times because you know he got put on the bench. Yeah, because um, he weren't playing the, the system that um, Guardiola wanted, and I just think that when the time comes when Aguero does leave, I think that Jesus will be more than capable to step up. He'll have the experience of obviously in the Premier League, and then also the experience of working alongside uh, the team and the tactics of Guardiola. Um, and not only that, he's you know he showed dedication as well. So I think eventually that will pay off. Um, I don't, I can't see a Guardiola going out trying to spend loads of money on a like like striker uh, like Aguero because initially you know he, he benched Aguero um and I feel like he's had he did, an opportunity he? to mould Jesus into the striker that he wanted him to be.
0: You'd be you'd be pissed off if you if you were told uh <laughs> yeah. don't worry, mate when Aguero gets so because like, 'cause you're right, because when Guardiola first came he was dropping Aguero a lot. Yeah. So he might be yeah, like, yeah. yeah mate, you're my guy and then uh, although I suppose it's football, you know, you've got to—you can't be sold on promises of being in a team in three or four years. Otherwise, uh, youth teams are a bit of a tr- bit of a bit of a problem.
2: Do you see him going um, to United? Team
0: well. I can just because I have no—I just when I think about Man United's recruitment <laughs> policy, I just have no respect for it. <laughs> you see, they would—they will—they're like—they're um, like a kid who. Who's seeing another kid with a toy? If they see other clubs are interested in a player, I know, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have him, yeah, 75 million, there you <laughs> go. Just
2: depending on the system they want to play, it seems that Solskjaer wants this sort of counter fluid, like attacking football. Yeah. They're just breaking with
0: pace, so with that, I guess Martial. I think, Rambo, he, I think he'd be all right there, to be fair. Yeah, I think he'd, yeah, they, they it have it that kind be. of lack of. Since well, I don't know whether they they obviously want to replace Lukaku, and whether they go back to having that sole central powerhouse striker is a different thing. But Ireland. in their yeah, in their current system, that they have. I think they, I think he would, I think he'd be fine. I think, as you say, if you're sort of, um, either him with playing with Rashford or or Martial, then that would, you know, I think they'd complement each other fine. A couple of pacey mm-hmm. wingers either side
1: could even um, be a swap deal where they could offer Lingard <laughs> as alongside with some
0: <laughs> some money for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah I don't know um, actually quite a, I think that's 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 two favours Leipzig are doing Man You know, <laughs> giving them yeah. a player and taking a player off them that they really don't want um, it's like what Hintz done
1: yeah you know we we'll get rid of our striker that's you know even though everyone's been slagging him off he's guaranteed goals yeah and you could tell that they missed that and then go oh well you know we'll get Alexis Sanchez but we don't want to pay his wages yeah well you know just take him off our hands and we'll pay half his wages
0: I've seen. I read. I read last week that they want to keep him. Apparently, Inter.
1: Really?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, mm, that's interesting because I'm sure was it Con, uh, Conte? I'm sure that he said that he's
0: I'm, not I, been liking him. Conte. Either. Yeah, I think I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Conte was just wanted, yeah. wanted him out. I mean, you know, it's one of these things. Who, who knows? I mean, Inter ever since they've got their. um load of money coming in they've been linked with every single player on the planet and linked with every single manager on the planet and stuff so I think you never really know with. <laughs> just
1: like Newcastle
0: Just like, yeah, just like Newcastle
2: There you Where go Timo Newcastle?
0: Werner to Newcastle It's a, it's little a building around. block <laughs> Yeah very nice um,
1: Speaking of uh, Inter
0: Yeah
1: Obviously their stadium hasn't been granted has it?
0: I think I think something happened well, recently, and I think they've. I, I, feel, I feel like I saw I saw something a few days ago that was, they've just been granted permission to demolish it. I think. Oh. Or are you, or are you talking about then? Because they're building. No, a I market. think that's
1: what I'm on about. I, that is what I'm on about. I thought, I thought you was going to say that they've been granted to actually keep it,
0: but. Uh, yeah, cause no, because you you're right. A few a few months ago, there was definitely news that no, no, they're going to keep it and they're going to just repair it or something. But then. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? I mean, with all this stuff, it's so back and forth. I, you know, mm. speaking from a Chelsea perspective, we've been dancing with a new stadium, flirting with a new stadium mm. rather, for about 10 years now. Um,
1: what a shame. What's
0: going
1: mean, to happen to the clubs then? Are they going to have to find two new stadiums?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know unless they... Um, well, I suppose they'll just do what Arsenal did, where they'll demolish it after they've built a new one. I guess, unless they're building on the same site. I've not really, not really researched enough into this. Irene. I'd like to go there before it gets demolished. I know it's a bit of a shithole, but I'd like to, as in like, <laughs> in terms of in, you know, in the same way, like, say like, like Old Trafford, it, it, it feels really run down now, just because it's, just because it's, and shithole. But I, I, historically, it's amazing.
1: An
0: <laughs> So I've got a theory that I'm going to post to the, the two of you. And feel free to, feel free to discuss or disagree, or agree, or whatever. It's not going to be as long as my Paul skulls one, but um, but I'd like, I'd be interested <laughs> to see guys, I'd be interested to see what you guys, what you guys think. So the theory is this: Steven Gerrard's failed move to Chelsea in 2005 cost England the World Cup in 2006. So I believe that had Steven Gerrard made the move to Stamford Bridge uh, following Liverpool's Champions League final win. I think England would have gone on to win that World Cup, and let me explain to you why. Um, obviously, that you know the 2006 World Cup was the um, golden generation, and and you know that was when all those guys were sort of at their at their peak. Um, the team never particularly performed performed as well as they should. That was the main criticism of them. It never really gelled, particularly that centre midfield, the Lamp- Lampard and Gerrard. It was always you know they're such because at the time they were two of the Possibly the two best players in the Premier League, and and um, apart from Thierry Henry, Dave, and um, all skulls. <laughs> all skulls of course, yeah. and uh, and they could never they could never make it work. And I think one of the big criticisms, particularly that some of the players say in hindsight now, is that um, the the system the system is wrong. We you know we were stuck in a kind of four four two playing four four two while the rest of the Big nations in the world were playing with most of the time three midfielders, but just systems that could work around four four. Because four four two is very sort of almost archaic system that relies heavily on athletic players and just big tacklers and doesn't really. Anyway, I'm not going to go into, that, into into that. But um, essentially, my theory is so obviously Chelsea were pursuing Gerrard for a couple for a couple of years. They tried to get him in. Um, I think it was the when well when Abramovich a year after. I think it was Mourinho's first year they tried to get him. Um, couldn't get him, and then he. Uh, there was that whole business with uh, at the end of the two thousand and four five season. He then handed in a transfer request uh, after when when they won the Champions League, and he wanted he wanted to go. And then um, a load of fans started sending him death threats, and he changed his mind. Um, so or because he loves the club, whichever 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 version of that story you want to believe. Anyway, I I just believe that the thing that the, all that all that was needed to change england into uh, into having an absolutely not just world class players but an absolutely world class team was a was a system change because all the players players were there for it if gerard had come to chelsea uh, there's no doubt in my cuz that that summer chelsea signed michael essien instead of um gerard that was the that was the trade out and the system that we played for that entire season was a midfield 3 of lampard Makalele and Essien. So Lampard and Lampard and Essien alongside each other, Makalele just behind them. I'm convinced that had Gerrard joined that team instead of Essien and played in that midfield three um, with Maca, with a holder just behind them, Ericsson, Senghor and Ericsson would have looked at that and thought, how can I not play the exact same system? I've got two, I've got two my two best centre midfielders are, are, are playing like that for Chelsea. I'm gonna do that as well. And I think a system change like that, with one of either bring Paul Skulls back out of retirement or Michael Carrick or Owen Hargreaves, uh, could have absolutely made that made that system work to the point where I think that would have that would have been in enough to to turn England into an absolute world beating team. Because I think the main issue was that centre midfield. You had you had Lampard and Gerrard playing in it, playing in a team where uh, sorry, playing, playing in an England system where neither were really given license to go forward because there was nobody behind them. They both wanted to go forward because they both played in, played in club systems where they had license to do so because there was people behind them. But in the England team, they couldn't do it. So they were stifled going forward because they knew they couldn't go forward because, because the other one wasn't going to track back. But they were also, you also meant, because they're defending a little bit, you suddenly have a, a two centre midfielders who are not defensive midfielders trying to operate in that, in that system, and again, you, you, you see a lot of them say we were just outnumbered in all these big, all these big games against all these big teams. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I I just think that with that small change of system, which would have been inspired if if Gerard had moved to 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 Chelsea, we'd have we'd have had enough to win the World Cup.
2: Who do you think Sven would have sacrificed up front then? Because he was playing
0: football too. I think, yeah, that's, that's the question. Um, I think he could have... It, it, the, the argument would be Michael Owen because I think it was... I think that when that was his... Um, he just moved back to Newcastle, I think, at the, at the start of that year, possibly the, that summer he'd moved. I'm trying to think. Yeah, that summer he moved to Newcastle. And I think it was he was probably the one that you could look into in that team and go, he's probably a little bit past his absolute prime Rooney's not necessarily a, a, a lone striker but you could have you could have made it you could you could I think you could have made it work quite quite simply
2: I think that's also assuming that Lamps and Gerrard can actually work or could have
0: but but this is this is what I don't understand like there's they they only people say they can't you know they, they couldn't work together because they played in a 4-4-2 system because, as I said, there's nobody behind them. If if you put a player holding behind them, they both have license to do exactly what they did in their club team. I don't understand this whole they can't work together. It's just something because symbiotically they just don't understand it. Bollocks. They're two absolute world-class players. If you just put them in a system that allows them to do what they can do, of course they're going to be brilliant. It's like saying, oh, you know... Um, you put mess like someone suggesting Messi and Ronaldo couldn't couldn't work in the same system. Of course they bloody could. If you just if you just put the right pieces next to them, of course they could. There's no reason why know, class it's players can't a, play. It's Messi a stretch to
2: go from they will like it's a fair a fair point that yeah, maybe they might be able to play together, maybe Chelsea win the title, perhaps. But I don't know. I just feel like it's a bit of a huge jump to then go, and they would have won.
0: Well, yeah, so, so my, my uh, to, to sort of further extend it, I mean, I, I say this because I think that um, I look back at the 2006 World Cup and unlike a lot, of, a lot of recent World Cups or a few World Cups prior to that, there, I don't feel like there was a particularly absolute standout strong team there. I mean, there was, a, there was lots of teams like England who had a lot, a lot of good players. Um, you, uh, you know, Portugal had a had an obviously they knocked us out. Had a had a pretty good team, not you know not absolutely blockbuster team. Same same can be said of uh, France and Italy. Both had like sort of similar similar to England, a lot of a lot of a lot of big names. But again, they weren't like a super team. You look back on the the 2000 like the, the France team that won the 2018 World Cup, but although they didn't actually perform they didn't blow teams away you look at you look at that team and go they were they, those guys were the absolute best same with germany in 2014 same with spain in 20, 2010 i think those last three world cups you can go those that that is a squad that is the best squad in the world i'm not sure you, there, there was one standout from that tournament that you could say um, uh, had you know had had a team over the rest and i think that because of that, because there wasn't this absolute world, you know, absolute dangerous world, world beating, world conquering team. I think you make that small change to, to an England side, that's certainly enough to beat, to beat, to beat Portugal. I mean, we, you know, we lost very unlucky to lose to, to Portugal. France, France and Italy in the final, weren't that, just weren't that strong that, you know, this is a, the France team had, France had flipping Malouda in their, in their team. But, you know, that's, that's a,
2: I think it was, a, it was an aging squad, but I think still think it was a very good team, especially with Zidane. That I mean, he was the player of the tournament before, obviously. Yeah. But he could make the difference on his own. I feel Italy's team again was just defensively very, very strong. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, of course, with sorry to constantly no. go on, I'm not suggesting that um. That we would have been, you know, been blowing teams away or anything like that. Obviously, knockout tournaments are very they're won on very small margins, and of course, you know, you you just never know with with these sorts of things. But um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, I've I've been accused of like by colleagues of having a very sort of Premier League centric, um, view on this, and sort of think presuming that the that the Premier League players are just better than than everybody else because. Um, that's all. That's all we watch, and I'm, I'm sure to an extent there's there's a case for that. But at the same time, when you look back at that starting eleven that we had, there's probably only Paul Robinson that isn't in the top three or four players in their position at that in the world in that um, in that tournament. So, so I mean, Paul, we also forget, we laugh at Paul Robinson now, but we also forget that Paul Robinson was, for that sort of two years, around 2004, 5, 6, he was unbelievable at Tottenham. He wasn't, mm. he wasn't flipping Iker um, Casillas level, but he was, you know, he was, he was a very good player. Um, Gary Neville, again, not, not mind-blowing, but comfortably, comfortably probably one of the strongest right-backs in that, in that tournament. Um, John Terry and Rio Ferdinand, along and with Sol Campbell as as understudy. I mean, that's um, that's already three of the probably the three best centre backs in the Premier League at that time. Um, and surely at least two of them are getting into you know your your absolute top level top five in the world. I mean, I can't think. I mean, again, it's all it's all about perspective. It's all about opinions. But I I think that would be hard not to, not to argue. I mean, look at you know all the flipping FIFA world teams of the year that a lot of them got in. Ashley Cole, I think is an undisputedly possibly the best left back for that eight or nine or, you know, six or seven year period. Um, and then obviously you've got in, in midfield Lampard and Gerrard, I've already, I've already talked about them. If Scholes wants to, if Scholes is tempted to come back in through this idea that you play 4-3-3, then you've got Scholes as well. Um, David Beckham ben
2: never played four three three prior. I mean, at least he didn't play then, obviously. But I, I, don't know. I just don't see even like valid point that maybe, like I said, Gerard goes, you play four three three, you do really well, you win the league. I don't, yeah. I can't see Sven then going. You know what? Let me play four three three. I feel that he was. I don't know. I feel like he's just a four four two man. Yeah,
0: yeah
1: he's, that- He was he's, he, he very stuck in his way.
0: Bit that old fashioned. It, that's obviously the the you know the, the the bit that could be the sticking point. But I, I just feel that at that time that w- that's where that's where your absolute um, it, arguably your two best your two best players are because this was this was a, this was one or two years probably before absolute peak Rooney. This is one or two years after peak Beckham and Owen. So I think you'd be mad not to go right. You know because Lampard. And, Lampard and Gerard were super important to that to that England team. I know it never felt like it because they never, but but in terms of um, you know being star players, they they absolutely were super important. And if and if you can get the best... I just, I just think it would have been, would have been very hard for because the press would have gotten got on his back. He said, "Why is he playing? Why is he playing this stupid system?" Because you can see the way Lampard and Gerard do it for Chelsea. Like, why is that? You know, it's just obvious what should what should be happening, particularly at that time when not just um, because it was a four-three-three was a very Mourinho uh, system, um, and the way that Chelsea were flipping dom- because that was two thousand five-six, we were blown, everybody away. I, I think it would have been very hard not to go. Why? Why are we not? Why are we not doing this? I mean, there's three or four Chelsea players in this team. Why are we not? Why are we not using their, using their system rather than being stuck in the past? But, but of course, that's the caveat. You, you never really know what Eriksson would have done. But I just think it would have been hard, particularly with, I think the press would have got onto him, which they didn't back, back then. No one was questioning playing 4-4-2 for whatever reason. Um, but I think they would have, I think they just would have got on, the, got, on, got on his back for it. And I think he would have eventually changed it. Because how would think, they
2: have done it? Well, go on, Ruf.
1: I think there was one other thing that was, I'm not sure how recent it was, but uh, a lot of these Players like Gary Neville, Gerard, and you know the top, all the players played for the top four teams at the time. They all came out and said that you know when there was going on friendlies that their oh, yeah. coaches at the time, like Alex Ferguson and stuff, basically don't don't make friends with the you know opposing team because they're part of the Premier Premier League. I think if that. Like attitude wasn't around as much because obviously it's not it's not it's not there as much now at all. Um, mm. Given obviously the state with Southgate and a lot of the the younger players all seeming to have a great time together and whatnot, I think if that attitude wasn't around, then I think that would have been a much bigger um, influence as well for the mm. team to perform that a little bit better because having that in the back of the mind, like, yeah, I'm playing with Gerrard, and yeah, I'm playing with Lampard, but I'm going to go back to Sir Alex Ferguson now and he's going to rip my head off because, mm. you know, that kind of thing. Because yeah. they, they all admitted it. They all, they all admitted yeah. it.
0: No, you're right. I, I think that's, that is a good point because I think um, a lot of them have said that England camp was very cliquey and, uh, yeah, the Man United players didn't want to sit with the Chelsea players and the Chelsea players and didn't want to sit with the Liverpool players and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah and and, oh, and obviously that because we you know that gets talked about quite a lot and i think it's a fair point in the sense that with england um, because because they all play domestically there isn't yeah. that sort of um, excitement that you're going back and you know if they if they all played abroad even if they were playing in the same even if they were playing in the same league abroad and right if they were rivals abroad, I think there would definitely be that sense of we're all coming home and we're all we're all on this, you know. Yeah. Where, like, it was, I remember um one of the pla one of the England players going, uh, I think it might I think it was Lampard on um possibly the same thing you watched, Josh, uh saying that, you know, he would look at um I think it was Hernan Crespo or or somebody. He, he was yeah. always really excited about playing for us. Got Eisenhower, home and see everybody. Yeah. And he was just and he was looking at it like yeah, that's how that's how it should be. You should just be excited to be with your yeah. mates and be with your. You well, it's know. like it's like Sancho now. Yeah, and and like you Sancho
1: know. now, and you can, you can definitely tell when he comes back, he's excited to see because obviously a lot of the people that he plays with in the England squad, he's either you know he's played alongside or he's played against in <laughs> other youth um, you know academies and youth teams. So,
0: mm. but I, I think I mean I I think that's definitely definitely a factor, but but at the same time, I mean for the sake of for the sake of that one tournament i i'm not sure whether that would have prevented any you know i think you know a winning a winning team and a cohesive team makes it enjoyable regardless of, every, of these yeah. rivalries. i mean oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. thing they did say about the fact that they had this very cliquey, cliquey um atmosphere was they were i remember them, the few of them were saying like we don't want to make this as our excuse like we you know this this is obviously a, a factor that, yeah. that that made a difference but but still there's you know there's no reason why because I, I, I think one of the reasons why we, we, you know, we get sort of so upset with this, with with that team, is because of the way they, they underperformed. But even if, even if they hadn't, if, even if they continued to underperform, but got to a final or got to a, even a semi-final, it would have just changed our perception of of the team. I mean, take for example the France twenty. I was, was that the France twenty eighteen team. On on paper, unbelievable. You know, no weaknesses in, in 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 barely any of their positions. Did do you remember one game where they blew blew anybody away that that tournament? One really truly outstanding performance. the Final, the final. Yeah, I mean the final. They 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 were they were probably the. No, actually no. I was going to say I remember the final because I, I, I went went in went in it went into it rather supporting France because wanted revenge on those bloody Croats. Um, but <laughs> did I did it for you <laughs> Harry. but yeah, I think france 's first two goals were were from um like a penalty that was a very dod like a very soft penalty and, and I think a free kick that was a very soft free kick and then I found myself supporting croatia i do 't know <laughs> um, just because of that but no i, I my, my point is that um wasn't a stellar performance. if if things had been different, if, if they'd have just got knocked out you know, which can happen in football, you can just get knocked out in one game in, in the quarter final, that, that France team would be looked back on as what an absolute you know, lost in the, the, absolute thrill, you know, lost in the semi uh, lost in the final of the Euros twenty sixteen, and now they lost in the quarterfinals or, or whatever in the World Cup absolute shocking you know what an absolute wasted generation but all we're talking about here is two matches and that and that team will forever be known as what an unbelievably amazing team even though they didn't actually play that well and I guess that's my point if had had England made just what just a couple of little small tweaks whether it be a system or something even if everything hadn't gelled even if there were still these cliques and these problems and yeah even if Ericsson had still taken a, a Michael Karakoff and Chuck Peter Crouch on for a 4 I just feel like there wasn't enough strength in the other teams to stop that a, a slightly elevated England team from just winning three more matches. But with that same
2: reason, wouldn't you have then said, well, they should have won it. If they got to the final against a team, a country that we don't think is as good, then we should have won it. So I feel that people would have been dissatisfied. So they would have been, they were dis- dissatisfied by the actual Sort of disappointing results that, they, and that they didn't do well. I think if mm-hmm. they would have got to the
0: final, people have been like, "How have you not won it with that team?" Yes, and yes, country? and no. I I feel like you're right. There were obviously would. It depends what the expectation levels are. I mean, obviously the expectation levels were super high for that team. So I guess in a way, you would probably be right. There would be a lot of disappointment, particularly if we lost to a team that we felt we we really should be beating. Um, but at the same time, um. I think that, I think, had we got to the final, the nation would have been, as you've seen with 2018, the nation would have been so swept up in, in the excitement of the run. I think you, the perception would, would have quickly changed and it would have been seen. It, you, you guys remember how beloved the England team was two summers ago. But that's because there was no expectation. No one expected true, exactly. to do true, that. True, while- true. But- they looked at
2: that 2016 like you should at least be in the semis
0: but family. but regardless i mean we 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 lost to a croatia team that we were probably be- better than and and still the reaction was oh man it doesn't matter like like cuz we should have like come on croatia like apart yeah. from <laughs> a few like luka modric rakitic and you know, kovacic was even on the bench like they're not as <laughs> on, they're not as good as us <laughs> but they beat I us think... and they were the, they were a the better side but I, th- I think, like like I said, there wasn't any expectation. But I think it was just
1: as a nation, we've seen an England team so together and actually enjoying football and all, all kind of playing a certain style of football. Like there wasn't obviously there was lots of individuals um, back in you know of six, uh, but we had obviously plenty of individuals like you know Sterling and Kane that you know, could have stepped up, but they all played to a system and I think as a nation of what we've seen with England just or you know, 'cause I, I I barely watched England after that two thousand and six because I just thought that's it. If we can't deliver with a squad like that then <laughs> there's no chance of us ever winning. Uh but that the obviously the most recent World Cup in in Russia, that has completely changed everything. Like it was exciting to watch because like I said there was no expectation but they just seem to be playing with more confidence and you know with more you know energy and more fun and then it seems like more more together as an actual squad like playing for each other um, rather than potentially maybe playing for their careers like they might have been do- doing in two thousand six. But that
0: that comes through success, right? Like and and obviously you know in the sense that
1: yeah,
0: yeah If if because um, uh, you know I yeah. I do, I do know, I do know what you mean, and 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 expectation is a is a huge part of it. But I think per- perception plays a huge part. I remember, um, yeah, I remember at the start of the Euros, twenty sixteen, we played Russia. I think it was in the first game, and so this was Hodgson's last team. But it, but it sort of had the makings of the team that um, that went cool. to the World Cup. It had you had um, you had Harry Kane, you had Alley, you had. Uh, Eric Dyer, you know, who probably probably some non-Tottenham players as well. Um, <laughs> and um, Ash, is that you? <laughs> and, yeah. And um, but but I remember the first game against Russia. I think they scored in the last minute, and we we played well. We 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 were better. We were better than them. And and it just it was one of those things where um, as soon as that go- goal went in, I I remember thinking to myself, oh fuck, because the the not not I, I don't England never particularly. Makes me happy or unhappy. I, I, I'm kind of neutral about England, really. And the thing obviously gets to like, a, to be honest, even at the semi-final, it wasn't that distraught. I was happy for the right. Anyway, getting off topic. When it when it happened, I was like, the press are going to write about this being such. A, oh my God! You know, here we go again. We can't beat Russia, and then the whole perception and <laughs> the narrative is going to be what a disaster. We started really badly. You compare that to, I think it was in our first game of the World Cup. Was it Tunisia? when it was one, when it was one all and harry kane scored a header in the last minute suddenly the perception is so different yes you know yeah. come on we've had this big moment and then of course the ne- i think the next game was panama smashed them yeah. 5 5 or 6 no and the perception's great people forget we lost to belgium in the last in the last group game It doesn't matter because of all this narrative and stuff where like mm. it, similarly the 2010 world cup you had um you had a really like dodgy start against America. Now had we had Rob Green not let that let that goal through his legs and had we gone on to win. Of course our team was was a bit of a shambles in that World Cup, but I often wonder whether these small small little changes and little bits of perception come, come through and they make a make a difference yeah. not at least to the fans but to the team as well and they can really sort of develop themselves and and produce higher results. Yeah.
1: I just think as a nation now we're more behind the squad. Just because for me personally, when watching England, especially in two thousand and six, despite all this great talent, I always felt like when we were going forward, we wasn't like threatening or lethal enough. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because people, you know, wasn't fully fitting in or, you know, the weren't selling themselves into the idea of the 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 formation of the tactics that Sven wanted them to do but then compare that towards you know England again like you said Harry very much down to perception but mm. I definitely got more of a feel like when England went forward they could create something because they, they seemed more together seemed more as if like they were fighting for one another uh, and I felt like something could happen more often than not with this new England team mm. than it did back you know but, back the okay, so, again that so, might be perception with the fact that oh it's England oh we're going to go out again oh we've made like yeah. Bob Green's, put it through his legs or typical England blah 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 and yeah I just think you've, you've nailed it on the head of the whole perception idea because that's one thing that's definitely converted me because I hated watching England I'd, I'd still yeah. watch them if they were wrong but I'd still I'd be doing other things I wouldn't be
0: watching intently but let let me pose this to you so do you think that um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson and Firmino and Salah and Mane do you think they all link up really well because they are just kind of um you know they they just they're just cohesive naturally and 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 um you know they just they're playing for each other and do you think it's because they like each other or do you think it's because of the system that they play and the system that, and the the arrangements that Klopp puts around them that that sort of um, glues everything together and make, and makes everything that they do um, enhanced? I think it's a mixture of the two. I think that Klopp's got his style
1: of play in which he wants to you know, implement in the matches, but I think he goes for these players that mm. have the right attitude. And I think...
0: I th- no, I think I think that's sorry to cut you off.
1: I think no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how how to word this next bit. I think it's just I think you, you definitely need a team that plays alongside one another and for each other, and they're all playing the same system that's been given by the manager. As soon as people are invested in either the tactics or invested in one another. Then mm. I feel like that that position that that player then plays becomes a weakness for the team. But mm. with that as well, you've got a much longer period of time to make these connections and make you know these tactical uh, mm. decisions and work on these plays. Whereas obviously in tournaments you've got a much shorter window in which you can get along with people. Um, mm. or, you know. Or even implement these tactics. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely see why why it's a lot harder for a, a, an England coach to implement these. Um, you know, I think I t- definitely say tactics are a lot harder to implement into a game. Uh, yeah. You know, with a, with a national team, and I think that's most likely why Southgate was so hell bent on. Togetherness as a squad because if people are together, mm. um, and, you know you, you see seeing that everyone's working alongside each other, everyone's enjoying themselves, and everyone's you know making these good relationships, and then taking that into a pitch. You don't want to let other people down. You don't want to let, you know other players down, and then with that you don't want to let the coach down. I think it. I think that's a much easier route for a coach to tackle in a shorter window than it is tactically over a longer season like Klopp would have, if
2: he had a pre-season? I think for me, it's to do with identity. I think Klopp specifically has an identity and a philosophy that I think the players have bought into. And I think with that England team in 2018, I think that's one of the few times where we actually saw England have A like playing style of football. So, you know, it was three at the back, the centre midfielders had this try because there was a structure there, there was a system, there was an identity that worked, Mm. and the players bought into it. And that's what's obviously happening at Liverpool. All the players that are playing so well because they are relishing this philosophy and this playing style that Klopp has incorporated into Liverpool I think that's for me the hope of England that we'll eventually adopt a playing style that we buy into and that that gets the um the fans behind them and the people at home and they enjoy it we enjoy it and it's this simultaneous sort of enjoyment and with
0: some luck as well we'll get some success in tournaments also well that that's almost my point sorry to yeah go on
1: I was about to say I think with that idea, I'd be the one thing that has to be, you know, clear is you know success. Like the fact that Klopp's done this, great. Obviously, depending on how they're, you know, if they're gonna win, win, win the league or not. Um, but the fact that he's delivered on it, you know, it's it, it's fantastic. But I think in previous times, well, especially for England we had all these managers with different philosophies and ideas and yeah. players might have bought into it but it's just it's, it's just not brought any, any success so maybe that's you know maybe previous managers and you know older older generations generations of players that have you know like lurked about like Gerrard and Lampard they might have a much more negative experience and then that might reflect onto the younger um, players coming in and playing for the new you know the new manager the new tactics and stuff but
2: yeah, I don't know if they, they necessarily did buy into it, but maybe that um, sort of cliquiness that we talked about didn't help. But now maybe because that cliquiness isn't there, and they generally seem to enjoy each other's company, yeah. that's why there's a lot more synergy within the squad.
0: Yeah. But my uh, what I was going to say before, like your point about lacking, you know, lacking an identity, needing an identity, and that obviously breeds. Uh, the fact that you the players wanting to play for the manager, wanting to play for each other, and blah blah blah. That's almost my point. So if if you know, we talk about the fact that England have never never had an identity. Perhaps that four three three system would have been their identity to adopt that to, to adopt that way of playing. It, mm. um, you know, and and because if if as I say, I I, I do believe that success will. Will will bring with it cohesion because you can't not have a good time in a in a successful team. I mean, obviously there are will be exceptions to that, but I think generally, you know, if if your team is playing well, you're fucking like each other. Um, and apart from Teddy Sheringham and Andy Cole, was it? They hate each other. <laughs> um, and um, but 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 nevertheless, like an exa- another example I'll give you is um, so the so, uh, J- Javi I think is a perfect example. So. Un, unarguably one of the greatest midfielders of his generation, possibly even of all time. Um, prior to the Pep Guardiola system that, that sort of, you know, elevated Barcelona football, tiki tackle football, whatever you want to call it, Caribbean football, up a couple of notches, his stock on the sort of international stage was not, uh, international stage, on the international stage, on the European stage, was not nearly as high. Prior to that, as as um, as it was, you know, for the latter stage of his career, the 2006 Champions League final, which I'm sorry to bring up, Dave. Um, <laughs> Javi was Javi was 26 in that game, so in his prime, in his absolute peak years, he was on the bench in that game. Xavi on the bench in a Champions League final. Iniesta, who was 20, so he's got a bit of an excuse. He might have been a bit young, but not. He's not 17. He's 20. Also on the bench. And I think that when you had a system change, which completely, um, you know, suited the way it was more than a system change. It wasn't just a formation change. It was a complete philosophy. So it's a bit of an extreme one. But I think that the example is there that when you have this kind of when you incorporate the things that 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 will that will help players, like, you, know, you could argue that with Liverpool. And uh, you know, uh, and and this is my point about England. When you incorporate the right system and the right surroundings for for your players, and you put what your best players need to, to perform. Then, then it, it it just it just it just completely raises and elevates them. Like I, I do find it mad that you have a twenty six year old Javi who couldn't get in the bus or couldn't start in the Barcelona team every week. He was, he was on the. I just googled it just then. Who was on the? Who was in place? It was Mark van Bommel. Uh, Mark van Bommel, Ed Nielsen and Deco were in the team. Oh wow. <laughs> Mielsen.
2: Um,
0: and yeah, I, I, and I. I, I do accept that you guys are right. Obviously, you need, you need that cohesion and, and stuff. But, but I think that, you know, I, I, I do think that if if there were if this team, England team had a, had a lot of success and stuff, I mean, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, Spain, you know, you've seen how those guys, Real Madrid, Barcelona players, absolutely hate each other when they play each other. I don't believe for one second that they all sit at it. Had a little round, you know, barcelona Real Madrid, But you got Ramos next to Messi, or not Messi? Ramos next to PK, <laughs> and PK next to, um, you know, whoever else. They like Casillas. I'm sure they were all. The, room, yeah. I'm sure you had a Real Madrid table and a Barcelona table. The difference there was they they absolutely had their system, which was set up in in to play the same way as their best as their best players and their best teams. Hence why Spain win three. I mean, don't get me wrong. Spain had a Unbelievable group of players when perhaps the rest of the world didn't. But I think that was the mistake England made. We we had a unbelievable group of players. Um, again, not necessarily the absolute pinnacle of, of the selection, but I think we also had a system which all, all but all of most of those players played in um, that would have worked. And and had it been put in, you would have had success and you would have had cohesion and you would have had an identity of which the fans would have bought into. And I think you you know it wouldn't have taken much to see half of what we saw in 2018 in 2006 if that little change had been made but perhaps i'm full of shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean okay so let's 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 do it as a brief summary then so given off what we've talked about with identity um you know the attitude of the players yeah you know towards one another and you know the the transfer talk of gerard lampard and
2: potentially
1: 4-3-3. Hmm. Yes, no. Would
0: England have done it? Have won the World Cup. Yeah. Yes. My vote counts for three. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, good. Yeah, good good question. I think good.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I know mine. Uh, I'm, I'm mine. I think
2: I'm going to say no. I think I'm going to say no because I don't think Sven would have done... Change the formation i think he was uh yeah the guy the exactly, but, um, plays. theoretically yeah, i think, I think if if it was four 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 three three and he he may have implemented it yeah darn well could have but I, I don't know i just don't think he would have so no
0: no that's fair i mean as i say i think with, with lots of these things you, you know you, you Tournament football is so is so difficult to predict. It's, it's very hard to say, make this change and that would happen. I mean, you know, if Greece can win the Euros and if, in fact, a, a Portugal team can win the Euros having not won a single game until they get to the semi-final, <laughs> then anything can happen in the international <laughs> um, yeah. but, but no, I, I, I guess it, it's driven from the fact that I've, I've always been frustrated by the notion that Lampard and Gerrard can't play together because I'm convinced that they absolutely could. Hmm. Um, I've always been also frustrated at the fact because. It was one of those things that, that since 2006 I've been shouting this at every screen, every time there's a conversation about, you know, why isn't this team quite fulfilling their, their um, you know, their potential? And, and, I, and I just keep screaming, the formation's wrong! Um, <laughs> Who would you have had as... So in this four-three-three, you've obviously
2: got the whole of the midfielder, like you said, either Hargreaves. Goals mm. and work there. What role would you have had for Gerrard and Lampard then in this four-three-three?
0: I think I think that the the exact role that that um, Lampard and Sen or Lampard and Balak had for Chelsea, which is that they both have li- both have license to go forward, but generally the, the the role is if if the other one's going forward, you don't sit, but you you provide cover for Makaleli behind you. So you've got one player at the at the very base of it who essentially doesn't go over the halfway line and then it's a kind of um like a uh i can't describe it but yeah essentially one one goes forward that doesn't mean that the other one can't go forward or anything like that but it just means that that i think as if if one's darting forward which is in chelsea is, us, is usually lampard i guess um you'd have the other one with an eye on 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 tracking back or filling the position uh, filling that filling that space but i think um i think you could Allow them both to to do the roles that they do at, at their clubs, if if there's if there's just somebody somebody behind them. Plus, they're, they're not because I guess the, the difficulty was because because I guess they filled the similar spaces. They 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 might have got on each other's toes a bit. But I think, uh, and and you could arguably say that that was why. Balak probably didn't show his greatest form for Chelsea prior to Bayern because, again, he basically had the same sort of thing. But I think compared to what we got, which was basically rather than having both players in their right position playing their right roles but maybe at like 90 percent capacity you had both players just completely not playing their position not playing their (laughs) roles having to like if one went forward the other one had to drop otherwise what there's no midfield like it was mad it was just Mm. bizarre it was just how can someone get paid 100 grand a year or 100 grand a a year 100 grand a week and not work that out is beyond me but as opposed to a 4-3-3 do you think a 4-2-3-1 might have been better well, it could have been, but particularly, I mean, obviously in their later careers, both Lampard and Gerard kind of went into that uh, too. Um, but I don't think so, because in that system, first of all, neither Gerard and Lampard, I think Gerard could possibly play that number 10 role. Because, I mean, like but you said, he played Lampard that later does.
2: on for Liverpool, didn't he, with Suarez and Torres?
0: Yeah, he, he, yeah, but I, I still think he, his, in that, in that system, I... I Gerard more so, but I I think I don't think Lampard's right for that position at all, really? and I also I also don't think that if you put one at the ten, it means you have to put one in the pivot, and I don't think either of them are particularly suited to that, or at least they can play it. But and in fact, I'd probably say Gerard's more suited to to that. But I think you're severely reducing the player that you could otherwise get. Um, you know, we've seen fo- formations go in styles, don't they? Like we had. Four, four, two, for God knows how long, and then we had four, three three for about um seven or eight years, and then four, two, three, one became the thing, uh then Conti made it a three at the back, and now, what are we uh, what are we at the moment? it's not really it's not really it's not a bit undefined like, at the moment like
2: four four one, four, one, with like Leicester and city having that whole one, four, mid one.
0: Mid. yeah,
2: um what if we switched it so what if
1: at the time was there any you know potential attacking midfielders so then you add almost like a rotation so you had Lampard that. and Gerard in centre mid and then you could have had a central attacking mid but then obviously if Gerard or Lampard ventured forward the central attacking mid then fall back and cover that slot. Would would the you know was there a
0: player that could have done that? What play the number ten? Yeah. Joe Cole. Cool. <laughs> yeah well, I was, I was, was. thinking that was his best year for, for mm. Chelsea, hundred percent, and he and he was. I wouldn't. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't. This is probably perhaps a big claim. I'd probably say he was our, he was our England's best player at that at that World Cup. Um, yeah, but I, That's yeah.
1: I, I. I would have done that. I would have had Pagera, Joe Cole. The
0: only is, the only issue with that is is you have to then sacrifice presumably wingers because you can't have those three in the midfield and because you need you need cover behind them like and if you want to put Lampard and Gerrard in like a pivot role then then you're as I said before you're severely reducing what they're allowed to do which is which is crazy considering that how good they are uh, yeah. and Cole could play as a winger I mean he wasn't really a winger but as I said the number 10 didn't really exist as a as a <laughs> as a position when he was playing so it was hard he had to kind of go there but um I think you could do that. I mean, maybe maybe you could play a narrow a narrow diamond and just sacrifice wingers mm. and have Cole and Gary Neville bombing forward, which they probably could do. Um, I suppose but,
1: this is a very this is a very well, more uh, more modern kind of structure and modern formation tactic. Given mm. obviously with Guardiola and you know Klopp's yeah. style.
0: Yeah, it's it's. <sighs> It's funny, isn't it? You know, you, you just you just feel like when you've got a selection of players, you just absolutely want to make sure that you do everything you can to to get the very best out of them. I, I, this is why I'm sort of screaming at Belgium: like, why have you still got Roberto Martinez as your? I don't think he's yeah. he's that bad or anything, but it's just you're, I just don't know I, how he's got the job. You're, you're Belgium, <laughs> like you, I'm sorry, but you're never going to have this group of players again yeah go and get a slightly better guy you know so who would you get then if you were well, I, mean, I, I would
2: get botchino in for a tournament
0: yeah i just i would i would Bochino. just go like look the, w- w- why the belgian fa i just go like right this is the this is the one time in our history and possibly forever that we can justify <laughs> just spending a load of money on an absolute brilliant manager of course it might not work but What's the point in in playing it safe when you when you you know you can do like England have done and go oh man if only we'd have done this or if only we'd have not had Ericsson or if only we'd have you know played this system you might as well say we tried everything and it and it still didn't work and you know of course the 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 argument is like they could go all out for Mourinho or something and then actually. Realise Mourinho's five years past his best, and it doesn't work. Then, in fact, I think Mourinho would be the the last manager that, that they should <laughs> go after for that, for that reason. But um, you could just get it wrong. But I, but I think you know if they just went for a an absolute, cause surely.
1: But realistically,
0: surely. who could they go for? Yeah, well,
1: this is what I'm thinking. Same with same with the Englands, England yeah, squad um, at the
0: time. International football, do because it's not particularly sort of. Um, You know, uh, not many people obviously obviously jumping to do it. I don't really know. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the issue. Maybe they just don't have many candidates. But you know, I I just wonder whether there could be a club manager that who you know who they could kind of go like, right? You know, lots of people have done managing a club, but also managing a a, a nation, and just say, you know, for the next two years, you know, get them in at the at the let's say at the end of it's difficult. This Euro is not being this summer, but let's say this Euro is what was this summer, and just say right. Hire him in August after the tournament and go, right, you've got, you've got two years and you can stay at whatever club you're at, but, you know, come and bring, bring this group of players together. Because all you need to t- you don't need, really need to coach these players. They're getting coached by their clubs. All you would need to do is, is develop some sort, of, some sort of system with them and, 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 and style, which they're all, all top-level players. are all going to be pretty used to anyway. Um, which,
1: who was the last manager that did club and national
0: I mean, hidden, hidden is the one that springs to my mind. Um, yeah, I think I think a few, I think a few do it, but it's not obviously. It's di- it's difficult to justify because you're kind of saying, um, you know, this isn't really your job. This is kind of a secondary job, and you know, I'm sure it's quite hard to convince the, I don't know, the. Taxpayers or whoever whoever pays for the money for these these not taxpayers you know what I'm saying that the, mm. the people who people who fund it um you know we're paying for this bloke who's sort of not even that invested but um I don't know I just I just think I just think it's worth it especially if you're I mean how how many people are in Belgium less than London just, yeah. just you've got seven or eight top level players. And, and this is, you know, a lot of them are kind of slightly over the hill now, aren't they? Like especially the defenders, like the Tongan company. You know, the yeah, they're over there. now. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining us, and apologies to anyone from Belgium who is listening. I'm sure you're there in your thousands. Join us in a few days, where we'll be talking about the uh, England squad, or what would have been the squad announcement for the upcoming uh, Euro uh, Euro Championships. <laughs> Cry face emoji. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, feel free to give us a give us a give us a follow or let us know how you feel about any of our dastardly dastardly opinions at edge of the box pod and we'll see you there.